Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. What Happens in Vegas by Malibu Sunset on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 3. He used to think about it all the time, about two years ago. What it would be like to have sex with her. What her breasts would look like lying down, standing up, resting in his hands. If she'd let him watch her undress. Where she'd like to be touched. How wet she'd be. How tight she'd be. If it would hurt her. What she'd feel like underneath him and around him. If she'd like it slow, fast, deep, or rough. What'd she taste like? If she'd let him go down on her. If he could make her come that way. If she would call his name when she did. He thought about it all the time. He watched her at work and thought about it. In the car and thought about it. On airplanes and in diners and while arguing with her in two-star motel rooms with connecting doors. He thought about it at home on his couch before he fell asleep. And in the morning when he woke up, he did things to himself and thought about it. One time, he went through the connecting door, which she never locked, while she was in the shower, and he opened the suitcase on her bed and he touched her things. Her underwear was even smaller than he thought it would be. Her white satin bra had thin straps and underwire cups and a tiny bow in the front. The tag inside was faded and he couldn't read the size. He imagined it probably said, perfect handfuls at one time. Then over time, it gradually changed. He still thought about it but he thought about where they'd be the first time they'd kiss and whether he would kiss her or she would kiss him, how soft her lips would be and if her mouth would open under his and what she'd say afterward and how her eyes would look, if she'd laugh if he bought her flowers when he took her to dinner and what her favorite flower was, if she'd be the type to sleep in his arms all night or if she need her space, if she liked to make love in the morning and if she did crossword puzzles in bed And what they would do if they had an entire Sunday together with nothing planned. How beautiful she'd look as she got older. And if he could make her happy forever. Those are the things he thinks about now. Never in a million years did he think their first time would be in a Vegas hotel room. With scratches on his back and bruises on her neck. And no memory of how any of it got there. He's torn between feeling unbelievably aroused and pissed off as hell. Every time a new memory floods his brains, he's overwhelmed. That was Scully doing those things to him. Scully talking dirty to him, asking him to do those things to her. He's not sure he's ever been with a woman who has said and done those things in bed before. Yes, he is sure, and no, he has definitely not. She has officially blown his mind. And although this isn't how he wanted it to happen, he can't help himself. He wants her again, very badly. At the same time, he's also incredibly angry. Not with her, never with her. He's angry with whoever stole this experience from them. He's furious with whoever made Scully feel this way. He crouches by the bathroom door and listens. It's quiet on the other side, not a sniffle. Hey, Scully. Nothing. Scully... Can you just come out here so we can talk? Scully, I think if we just sit down and discuss this all calmly, we'll both feel better. 
Still nothing. Scully, I'm sorry. I know you're upset and angry. If it helps, I'm angry too. He sighs in frustration. Scully, come on, please. It's just me here. Whatever happened last night, I think it's pretty clear what happened last night. She says, her voice muffled through the door. Okay, she's talking. Progress. Well, yes, he says quietly. But just because it happened doesn't mean we have to let it mess everything up. Between us, I mean. Mulder, how can it not? Fine, he's going to say it. Because it's about time one of them did. Scully. He sighs again, building courage. I know this wasn't planned. And I know it feels really weird and awkward right now, but please tell me if I'm wrong, and I really, really hope I'm not. But is this all that big of a surprise? I mean, that something like this could possibly happen between us if we were locked in a room together, all night, in the same bed, with our inhibitions lowered. Is it that possible to imagine? I don't like how it happened, but I'm not at all surprised it did. There's no response from her, and he feels his stomach start to tighten a little at the realization of what he just admitted. He waits another beat before saying anything else. Is it really all that strange, Scully, to think that, if we let nature take its course, that this would have eventually happened anyway, in another place, in a better way? There, it's out there and he can't breathe for a minute as he listens at the door. She's right on the other side, and yet she feels miles away. It's not that strange, she says finally, quietly. His eyes drift shut in relief. Will you come out, please? He asks softly, so we can talk. Mulder, I'm so embarrassed. That wasn't me saying or doing those things. Well, it was me, but it wasn't. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean, but Scully, you have nothing to be embarrassed about. Yeah, easy for you to say. You weren't the one who sounded like a triple X movie star. I'm sure I said my share of things to you too. He grimaces a little as a few choice phrases dive bomb his short-term memory. He's 90% certain he called her baby repeatedly, told her she had a beautiful pussy, and was very explicit about what he wanted her to do with her mouth. He's also equally sure she did those things. Like what? Huh? What did you say to me? She asks. I can't remember. Well, that's not really important, he scrambles. What's important is that, on some level, we both trusted each other enough to say them. Right? Silence. Right, Scully? I don't know, Mulder. I keep remembering things. It's like I'm watching myself in my head, and I can't believe it. He hears what sounds like a strangled hiccup. I feel sick. Are you all right? I don't know. Scully, please come out of the bathroom. It's just me. Come on, please. Let's just... Let's get some breakfast and talk, okay? He's still waiting for her to answer when there's a knock at the hotel room door. Shit. He should have put the do not disturb tag on the door. No housekeeping, please, he calls out as he crosses to the door in his underwear. We, uh, we don't need any housekeeping right now. Thanks. It's not housekeeping. 
answers a familiar voice. Mulder looks through the peephole and then cracks the door open just a little, keeping the chain securely intact. Frohiki is standing in the hallway in his leather jacket and jeans, inspecting him through the crack with narrowed, beady eyes. Man, you look like shit. It's after 11. I thought you two would have slept it off by now. What are you talking about? You know what happened to us? His voice has an unmistakable edge to it. Calm down. Of course I know what happened to you. You were both injected with an anatic histamine. It lowers your inhibitions, makes you do and say crazy shit. That's what was wrong with Scully when we found her in the bar last night. Somehow after we separated, they got you too. In the elevator, confirms Mulder. Some asshole with an Eastern European accent. Striped suit. Suzanne Modeski has the antidote. She injected both you and Scully and we put you in here to sleep it off. Suzanne assured us you'd be fine. You put us in here together. In Scully's hotel room. On her bed. Completely blitzed out of our minds. Well, yeah, says Frohickey innocently. You were both sound asleep. We locked the door so you'd be safe. Mulder's head pitches forward to thunk against the doorframe. Jesus, Melvin, what were you thinking? What's the matter? Where's Scully? Is she all right? She's locked herself in the bathroom. Frohiggy's eyes widen in concern. What's the matter with her? Does she need a doctor or something? So it never occurred to you that you shouldn't leave us together in Scully's bed all night, drugged out of our minds. Melvin hesitates, still blissfully ignorant. Of course not. It was you and Scully. Like I said, we locked the door so you'd be safe. What was going to happen? Mulder slowly raises his eyes to Frohickey's and levels a look at him. Time slows for a moment. Oh, shit, whispers Frohickey. We woke up. Oh, shit. You're kidding me, right? You mean you, you... Like you guys actually. Mulder nods very slowly and deliberately. Actually. And if my really handicapped memory serves, repeatedly. Oh, shit. You already said that. Do you have anything more helpful? You were supposed to sleep it off. You were both out like a light when we left the room. The sound of something clattering echoes from the bathroom. Scully, Mulder calls out. Scully, you okay in there? He starts towards the bathroom again. Is she all right? Asks Frohickey nervously. You gonna let me in or what? No, stay there. Mulder knocks softly once on the bathroom door. Scully, what's going on? Are you okay? I'm fine. I knocked something off the counter, that's all. Who were you talking to? Frohickey. Please tell me you're joking. The gunmen are here? Oh, God, Mulder. Just Frohickey. He was checking up on us. And he's not in the room. He's standing in the hall. Oh, God, did you tell him what happened? Mulder hesitates long enough to give himself away. Well, uh, no, Mulder, how could you? He was the last one to see us last night. I thought maybe he could help us figure out what happened. He's not going to tell anyone. Trust me, I'll kill him. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Everything all right in there? Calls out for Hickey. Is Scully okay? Yes, replies Mulder. No, yells Scully. Scully, hang on, okay. Let me just get rid of Frohickey and we'll talk, all right? Just, just stay there. I don't think I'm going anywhere, Mulder, she mumbles weakly. Mulder sprints back to the door, deterring by his pants to extract his wallet on the way. 
She's all right, he says, thumbing through bills to pull out a 20. He hands it through the crack in the door. Do me a favor. Get me two coffees and a couple of bagels or pastries or something, okay? Furuhiki is studying him with sharp eyes. You didn't. Against her will. Did you? Because I like you, man. But so help me God. Jesus, no. Come on. You know me better than that. Well, how am I supposed to know? You guys were messed up last night. She's fine. She just... I just need to talk to her. Alone. Okay? If it's you, and it was mutual, then what is she so upset about? I mean, after what she said last night, I don't see what the big deal is. Frohiggy's face looks suddenly green. Mulder frowns at him. What do you mean, what she said last night? What did she say? Frohiggy snaps the money and starts to pull away from the door. Nothing, forget it. Mulder grabs the corner of his jacket through the crack in the door and hangs on. Melvin, what did she say? Froki shakes his head. I'm not letting go until you tell me. Froki sighs and his shoulders slump. She said that she's into you, like, you know, into you. The corners of Mulder's mouth quiver a little, goofily. She said that? Froki rolls his eyes. Man, you are hopeless, you know that? I'm beginning to think this drug wasn't such a bad idea after all. I was starting to think it would take an act of God to get you two together. I mean, what in the world was taking you so long? No wonder you haven't been laid in. Okay, that's enough. Like you should talk. Mulder's grip on Frohiggy's jacket loosens. Why did she tell you, though? Because she was higher than a kite, I imagine. And she's going to kick my ass if she finds out I told you. I won't say anything, I promise. Mulder smiles like he's just won the lottery. Two coffees, okay? Froggy shakes his head and pops the money into the pocket of his jacket. Yeah, yeah, I'll be back. So get talking, Romeo. Mulder slips the Do Not Disturb card onto the outside of the door and returns to his post outside the bathroom. Hey, Scully. He sits down on the carpet. Where were we? I was having an adult tantrum and you were trying to make me feel better? Oh, right. How am I doing? I don't feel like I'm going to throw up anymore. If he isn't mistaken, her tone of voice is a little lighter. She might even be wearing a sad sort of smile. That one that makes him want to tilt her chin up and plant a soft kiss on her mouth. Well, that's progress, I guess. They both fall silent for moments. And for whatever insane reason, he decides he's just going to say it because he isn't under any kind of influence at the moment and she knows it. Whatever trick of avoidance she wants to employ this time, She's going to have to damn well think up another one because accusing him of being too doped up to know what he's saying is bullshit. If she's going to corner herself in a locked hotel bathroom, then she's going to have to listen to him. Scully, I love you. He hears a long sigh, then a breathy laugh. Mulder, stop it, Scully. Stop acting like I don't know what I'm saying to you. I know exactly what I'm saying. I love you. It's that simple. And so is what happened last night. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. You can say or do absolutely anything in front of me, and you're safe. It's not going to change how I feel about you. She's quiet. He closes his eyes and presses his fingers to his temples. So, you're stuck with me, he mumbles. Say it again. Her voice is soft and tentative. 
He picks up his head and stares at the closed door. You're stuck with me. No, the other thing. What you said about how you feel. About me. Say it again. Forget it, Scully. I'll say it again, but I'm not saying it to a door. If you want to hear it, you need to come out of the bathroom. A minute passes. He hears shuffling on the other side of the door. Okay. She can't look at her naked self in the mirror. She can't or she won't go out there. What she must look like with her bed-rumpled hair and raccoon eyes. Visible proof of their tempestuous lovemaking all over her body. She's prepared to wrap a towel around herself, but thankfully, there's a white terry cloth robe hanging on a hook by the shower. If there's one saving grace in all this mess, it's that they managed to fuck each other in the nicest place they've stayed in six years. His admission makes her a little weak in the knees. The concept of love between them isn't a new one by any means, but the idea that they're acknowledging it verbally now is wonderfully unsettling. Mulder's always been the one to say things when she wouldn't, so she isn't entirely surprised. He said it once before, and she was an idiot. By the time she figured out that he was deadly serious, the moment had passed, and she was left wondering first if she had imagined the whole thing, and second, how to get him to say it to her again. Well, she knows the answer to that now. He's sitting on the edge of the bed with his hands folded in his lap when she comes out and she has to bite back a laugh. In nothing but his underwear, he looks practically vulnerable. It helps knowing she's not the only one. She gets her first good look at the room from this vantage point, and her stomach flutters again. The sheets are pulled from the bottom corner of the mattress, and the tacky floral bedspread lies in a mountain on the floor. There are discarded clothing and extra pillows flung about the carpet, and an arc around the bed. Her panties rest in a curl atop her crumpled pants, and she ponders for a brief moment if the two items came off together or separately. And did he do it, or did she? She's always wanted him to undress her, and imagines he'd take his time doing it. There's a sadness in not remembering. He sees her scanning the room, and he stands, picking up several items from the floor and tossing them onto a chair, making a path for her. His nervous smile is hopeful and apologetic, like he's afraid she'll do an about-face at any moment, and honestly, she isn't sure she won't. I, uh, housekeeping knocked after Frohickey left. I sent them away, he says. She huffs a quiet laugh and looks down at her bare feet peeking out from beneath the robe that's floor-length on her, ankle-length on most people. We sure made a mess, didn't we? His brows arch and fall not missing the subtext. Yeah, but we gave it a 100% effort. She sits down next to him, but not touching. Mulder, I'm sorry I reacted that way. I hope you know it was because I was upset I said and did those things. Not that I did them with you. They both risk eye contact at the same time and share a shy smile. He seems unsure whether to take her confession at face value. Really? Of course. She clicks her tongue and slips her hand across the sheet to nudge his pinky. There isn't anyone else that I... She lets her words fall, not quite able to strip her psyche as naked as her body. He covers her entire hand with his and squeezes. Me neither. 
They sit quietly for a moment. She thinks about how many times he's held her hand before. Literally hundreds. And it's never felt quite like this. I meant what I said, Scully. Oh God, oh God. She thought she was ready for him to say it again to her face. And she is, she really is, but I love you. He says it like it's the answer to everything. And it probably is. When you think about it, isn't love always the answer? All those pop songs can't be wrong. Doesn't that, doesn't that complicate things, Mulder? He's still holding her hand. Well, that depends on whether you love me too, I guess. She can't look directly at him, but she feels the weight of his eyes on her. I think you know the answer to that, she says softly. He waits several beats. I do? She looks directly at him. Mulder, I'm here. All these years later, and I'm still here. He smiles at that, and she smiles right back at him, and shakes her head. You should have gotten away while you could, Scully. He chuckles. Instead, I had to go and fall in love. And for a penny and for a pound, apparently. She watches him swallow as his eyes volley between hers. She's clearly put him at a loss for words, which ought to go down in history as its own X-File. Who knew all she had to do was tell him she was in love with him and he'd shut the hell up for once. What do we do now, she ventures. A spark of a smile migrates slowly from his eyes to his mouth. Well, he wags his brows. Her face warms and she closes the gap of her robe across her chest modestly. I'm sorry, Scully, I couldn't resist. I know you're not comfortable with the memories of last night, but for me, I think it's all pretty amazing. I just wish I remembered more. She's blushing furiously now. Mulder, you know what I really wish I remembered, Scully? I wish I remembered kissing you, because all those other things were wonderful, but what I've really been looking forward to for so long is just kissing you. Her stomach flips and she holds her breath for a few seconds, feeling lightheaded and vaporous. If he blows on her, she'll float away like dust particles in sunlight. Her face is turned in three-quarter profile and her eyes remain downturned. He is studying her carefully, waiting for her to give him something to hold on to. I think, she whispers shakily, that you talk too much, Mulder. His closed-mouthed smile is tender and relieved. When the warmth of his palm cups her face, she parts her lips and lets her eyes drift up to his. He leans over her and hovers with his mouth barely touching hers for several long seconds, and she feels like her heart is going to pound right through her chest from the anticipation. His kiss, when it comes, is the gentlest thing she's ever felt. Her eyes flutter shut, and she falls into it, tilting her head to connect better with him. She opens her mouth a little and feels his tongue sweep against hers before retreating again. She can't suppress the contented sigh that drifts from her as he thumbs her cheek and moves his mouth over hers kissing her thoroughly. When they finally break for air, he continues nibbling at her lower lip as they linger in the space between kisses. He's breathing hard and he has an erection, the solid ridge inside his underwear noticeable. He catches her looking down 
and gives her a weary smile, which she returns. You're not helping the matter any, he says, glancing down the front of her. When she dips her chin, she sees that the gap in her robe has widened, and the entirety of one breast, including a very pink, very attentive nipple, is visible between the terry cloth folds. Her cheeks warm for the seventeenth time that morning, and she pinches the robe closed with her fingers. Sorry. He smiles, still eyeing the front of the robe regretfully. I'm not. She's trying to formulate a good response to that when there's a loud knock on the room door and she jumps. Room service. Did you order something, she asks. He rolls his eyes a little. It's Frohickey. I wanted to get rid of him, so I sent him for coffee. Scully stands and pulls her robe tighter as Mulder starts across to the door. She clears her throat and her eyes glance off the front of his underwear. Uh, maybe you should. Mulder smiles guiltily. Right. He rescues his jeans from the floor and slips into them while she goes about plunking her lingerie from visible places and tucking them discreetly under the bedclothes. The knock sounds again. Hang on, yells Mulder. Great, she thinks. This doesn't look bad at all. Then she is reminded that Frohickey already knows what happened and what was left of her dignity takes a nosedive again. She's about to retreat back to the bathroom when Mulder slides the chain on the door and opens it. Frohickey waltzes in, carrying a tray with two coffees and a small brown bag. Good morning, or shall I say, good afternoon. Scully crosses her arms over her chest and stands with her bare feet planted firmly together, studying her toes. Mulder's jeans are on and zipped, but the top button of his fly remains undone, a detail which does not escape for Hickey's investigative eye. To his credit, he smiles but refrains from commenting on both their state of undress and dishevelment of the room. She still feels like she wants to crawl into a hole and die. 35 years old, and she was just caught kissing a boy in her room. Well, doing a whole lot more than kissing. A fact that, if she's really lucky, will never be spoke of again between her and Melvin. She still owes him an ass-kicking for luring her to Vegas in the first place. Maybe they can call it even. Mulder takes the tray of coffees from Frohickey's hand and gives Scully one. She accepts it gratefully. Thank you. Frohickey's eyes go back and forth between Mulder and Scully. So, how is everybody now? Good? She tries not to smile, blowing on the coffee sandwich between her hands. I arranged for a late checkout and booked you both on a flight that leaves at 3.30, announces Melvin. The guys and I are going to stay a couple of days and see if we can turn our luck around. Thanks for picking up breakfast, says Mulder, still holding the door to the room partially ajar with his bare foot. Frohickey hesitates another moment, then sighs with a smile. I can take a hint. He slinks out of the room and then pops his head back in. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Mulder shoves Frohickey's arm a little and then locks the door behind him once again. He means well, Mulder says with a conciliatory shrug, and she nods at the truth. They finish their bagels and coffee together, sharing few words and several shy looks. She suspects she isn't the only one, still lingering on that kiss from minutes ago. Mulder slips his tee on and buttons his jeans. My bag is in Frohickey's room. I should go get cleaned up. Her breath catches as he approaches her and takes her hand in his. Raising it to his mouth, he plants a kiss on the back of it 
and her insides melt. I'll meet you in the lobby in an hour, and we'll get out of here and go home. She likes the way he says it. Go home. He's still standing in the middle of the room watching her as she disappears behind the bathroom door once again. She starts the shower, humming quietly as she unties her robe. The white terry cloth puddles at her feet like snow. Something catches her eye in the mirror right before she steps into the hot water. What the hell is that? An angry red splotchy mark on the side of her bottom, near her right hip. She swivels her back towards the mirror to get a closer look. It's such a funny shape. She frowns. It almost looks like a faint outline of a... Oh my God, Mulder. What? What's the matter, Scully? You spanked me. What are you talking about? Of course not. Don't be silly. I wouldn't. Oh, shit. I suppose you're going to tell me that was my idea, too? Unfortunately, he doesn't have to. Well... If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>